Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. All right, we're going to go right to it. We're going to talk about David tonight. 1 Samuel 30, verse 1 through 8. David had just, and his men had just been rejected from the Philistines. And so he's already feeling rejected. And now he comes into this scene. It says, Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag, attacked Ziglag, and burned it with fire, and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great, and they did not kill anybody, but they carried them away and went their way. So when David and his men came to the city, and there it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, not one, but two, Ahuanoan, the Jezreelites and Abigail, the, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. So he had his two wives taken captive and everybody else's sons and daughters and wives taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed, as you can imagine, for the people spoke of stoning him. Isn't it interesting when you're a leader, it's not his fault. But when you're a leader, you take the blame for things and you don't get credit for the wins. So David's taking blame for this. And, uh, and so he's greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved. People do crazy things when they're grieving. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But here it is. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. But David strengthened himself to the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him, pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So you can imagine David comes after being rejected and he comes to the town where all of his kids were, all of his guys' kids were, his 600 warriors that were with him. Their wives were taken captive and he's greatly distressed. And there's nowhere for him to go. All his boys want to stone him because they think it's his fault that their kids and their families have been taken captive. And so he can't go to his friends. He can't go to his leader because he is the leader. So where does he go? He has only one place to go. He has to go to strengthen himself in the Lord. Sometimes there are things in your life where you can't go to somebody else to get prayer for. You can't go to somebody else to get wisdom for. Sometimes you have to just go to the Lord yourself. Sometimes you got to strengthen yourself in the Lord. We can't borrow everybody else's prayers forever. That's good at the beginning. But sometimes you got to strengthen yourself in the Lord. 
So David strengthens himself in the Lord, and I love how he does it because he goes to the priest, and he doesn't tell the priest, pray for me. He says, bring me the ephod. The ephod is a priestly garment. Name of this message is the ephod. Everybody say the ephod. David goes to the priest and he says, give me the ephod. The ephod is a priestly garment used when the high priest would, would wear this. He would wear it to go into the Holy of Holies. He would wear it as an access point to God. He would wear it for all these different reasons so that he could access heaven. And so David says, bring me the ephod so that I can access heaven. So he doesn't say, priest, pray for me. But he does learn from the priest. He learns from the priest on how to get access to heaven, and it's by bringing him the ephod. So he gets the, the ephod, and the ephod to me represents a transition. It represents a transition from David the king to David the priest. The Bible calls you and I kings and priests. It says we're a royal priesthood. And so we can operate in a kingly office, and we can operate in a priestly office. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but in the earth, the king is the highest level of authority, and in the spirit, the priest is the highest level of authority. So you can operate at the highest level in the earth and in the spirit. So the ephod represents a transition from the David the king to David the priest. It represents a, a transition from, I got this, to God, I need you. It represents a transition from this world to that one, from the natural to the supernatural. It's positioning yourself in his presence because in his presence, you'll find his plans. David shifts his attention from the circumstances around him to the God that is above him, and he inquires of the Lord, and he strengthens himself in the Lord. There's a lot of reasons in the world today to be greatly distressed. I mean, when you just look at what's happening in the world right now, the sound of freedom is all about child sex trafficking. When you look at the, the fact that our, our, our government right now hates its own country, um, when you look at all of the, the, the things happening with, um, with the economy, there's a lot of reasons why we should be greatly distressed. When you That doesn't even... Uh, count the things that we're dealing with in our own lives, in our own marriages, with our own kids. Maybe there's a death in the family. Maybe you're not feeling well. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you have a diagnosis from the doctor. Maybe there's stuff going on in your own life. There's a lot of reasons why we can be greatly distressed. And if we don't know how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, we're in trouble. We can be in trouble. And so David goes to the priest and he realizes this is something that only he can handle. Only he can strengthen himself. There's nobody around to do it. Now, at Awakened Church, I hope this never happens to you. I hope there's never a time where all your boys want to stone you. I hope there's never a time where you can't go to somebody to help you. But even as a, as a husband, there are times when I can't share things with my wife because they're only things that I can handle. They're only things that I'm meant to carry. And so I have to strengthen myself in the Lord. Even in, in the New Testament, James 5.13 says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. So James is assuming, James is assuming that we all know how to pray. 
If you don't go to men's or women's prayer, you probably need to go to men's and women's prayer so you can learn how to pray. Because there might be a time where you can't go to your friends or your family or your pastors or your connect leader. Maybe there's a time where only you can handle the situation. We're all about community, man. I want all of you in a connect group. I want all of you on a team. I want all of you to have friends you can go to, friends you can text for prayer. But there's been plenty of times in my life where I'm like, man, I got to deal with this myself. I got to take out this giant myself. I got to take this thing on myself. And so David says, bring me the ephod. Now, the ephod represents a whole, lot of, a, a whole lot of different things. It's when the high priest wore it when he went into the Holy of Holies to intercede for God on behalf of the, peop- on behalf of the people. So he'd go into the Holy of Holies, which is be- behind the veil. Behind the veil is where the Ark of the Covenant was, represented the presence of God. Now, we know that Jesus came, died on the cross. The veil was torn from top to bottom. Now, we all have access to the presence of God. But back then, the ephod gave him access to the presence. Gave him access to the presence. Number two, it says anyone who dared to wear the ephod without it being authorized by God himself would be judged harshly. To me, this just says that this relationship with God is is serious. Like, Like, we can't lose the awe or the fear of the Lord. Like he's the God that, that gives and takes away. In the New Testament, he killed two people because they weren't generous. Ananias, Sapphira, he killed two people. So, so, so God is serious. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying that God is big. He's powerful. Like our relationship with him is, is, is precious. We should never lose the fear of the Lord. The ephod symbolizes the importance of obedience to God's laws. The, the high priest was to wear the ephod as a reminder that he must obey all of God's laws. You and I are meant to be holy. And the, the, the more we are righteous in Christ, but we're, we're, we should try to do the right thing. We should try to live like the Bible says to live. The Bible says that sin separates us from God. So if you're, if you're sinning and you're not trying to do the right thing or doing the right thing, there could be blockage in your flow. And it could be because of, of sin. Like we should try to be holy people. When you, when you put on the ephod, it should be a reminder for you that we should be obedient to Christ. We should try to do, try to do the right thing. The ephod symbolizes the authority that God has given to the Aaronic priesthood. The ephod represents authority. When you put on your ephod, you don't need to go groveling to God. God has given you and I authority in the New Testament to be priests. That means you can come boldly to the throne room of grace. You can come boldly. Come on, authority isn't a gift, it's a position. You hold a position of authority given to you by Jesus Christ. He said, uh, he said, go and make disciples. Behold, all authority has been given to me. Go and make disciples in my name. You go. We have authority. We have authority. The tribe of Levi was set apart by God to be his holy ministers. You guys are set apart by God. There's a difference between you and the people that don't know Jesus. The ephod represents unity. On the ephod, there's 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of of Israel. It represents unity. When you go to your, when you put on the ephod, you should be trying to cause unity in whatever the issues are that you're facing cause unity or bring bring unity. And so David, in this passage of scripture, 
says, bring me the ephod. And then it says he inquires of the Lord. In the scripture, the Lord answers him and says, yeah, go after the troop. So it seems like a very short time period where he's strengthening himself in the Lord. But Bible scholars believe that this could have been the time where he pinned Psalm 25. It wasn't just, hey, God, should I go pursue? And then, yeah, no, David put on the ephod and he strengthened himself. He spent time with, with the Lord. The Bible says in, in Psalm 25, 1 to 3, it says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Oh, my God, I trust in you. And I, I was reading that, and, and, and I don't know about you, but whenever I'm greatly distressed, if I can just utter the words, God, I trust in you. God, I, I trust in you. Even though he doesn't know how he's going to go conquer these troops. I mean, his, his warriors are trying to stone him. But he says, God, I trust in you. You gave me that word. I trust in you. You will find faith come into your life if you can just utter those words. God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed or be disappointed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. I love how David writes in the Psalms because he just says it as it is. He says, God, I'm your guy. Deal with me rightly, but don't let those guys, don't let them win. Don't let the ones that, 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 that is waiting on you be dealt with treacherously. And, and, and the word wait isn't just like a sit in your lazy boy and wait. The word wait actually means like an active weight of faith, an active expectant posture of faith. You actually do things by faith while you wait on the Lord. You do what you do and let him do what he does. It is an active posture of faith. It's also, it also says it's, a, it's to foster sensitivity to his presence and his promptings. And so when we're waiting on the Lord, when we put on the ephod, and, and I don't know if I'm communicating this, but sometimes I need a physical picture of a spiritual activity. So I'm not saying that we're going to hand out ephods on the way out. What I'm saying is I want you to have a picture in your mind that if you're distressed or if you need breakthrough or if you're just on your daily connection with God, that you can actually separate your kingly post with your priestly posture so that you can actually step into a new realm thinking like you're putting on your ephod like the priest would do to get into the presence of God. So when I put on my ephod, there are a number of things that I do. There are a number of things that I do when I leave this world and go into that world, this realm and go into that realm. The first one is prayer. The Bible says that Jesus often withdrew to a solitary place to pray. Even Jesus would go and he would pray. He would go to a solitary place to encounter God. Just like the priest would go into the presence of God behind the Holy of Holies, Jesus would go to a solitary place to connect with God. Maybe you're a writer like David. 
David's strengthening himself in the Lord and he's writing out what he's believing. He's writing out what God is speaking to him and he begins to, to pin Psalm 25. And I love it because he starts to declare and set precedence on how the, the men and women of God who fear the Lord should be treated. He says this in verse 11. He says, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity for it is great. A, a wonderful thing for you to do when you put on your ephod is to make sure your heart is right with God. Lord, search my heart, David said. Make sure that I'm not unclean anywhere. And God will bring things to you. Maybe you gotta forgive somebody. Maybe you gotta repent for something. Maybe you gotta ask forgiveness for something. So he says, pardon my iniquity, because he needs to flow. He needs to flow. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall God teach in the way he chooses. So somebody who fears the Lord is going to be taught by the Lord. He himself shall dwell in prosperity. There's that bad word of prosperity in Christian circles. And his descendants shall inherit the earth. You should have legacy if you're a person that fears the Lord. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show him his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. He's talking about deliverance. So when you get into a place of prayer and you're talking to God, or maybe you're writing it out like David was, one of the things that is so powerful is you begin to tell God or remind God what he said. Remind God how you should be treated because you were a son or a daughter. Like there are times when I'm praying and I'm like, God, I'm a son. I am a son. I've given my life to you. And this is happening? That person doesn't even know you. And look at the blessing on them. Like, I'm telling God this stuff. I'm not complaining. I'm just like, yo, this is, a son of God should be sitting and dwelling in prosperity. And as you declare the promises of God to God, you remind him. It's not like he needs your reminding, but you're reminding yourself. You'll find faith hits your life because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as you begin to declare the promises, faith will come and your prayers will shift. You'll start walking with your shoulders back a little bit, with your chest out a little bit. You'll get bold. You'll get courageous when you start to remember what God really said about you. Another thing I do when I put on my ephod is I worship. It's my favorite thing to do. Praise and worship. The Bible says in Psalm 100, verse 3, that we enter his gates and by thanksgiving into his courts with praise. The Bible says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Man, if you're ever feeling heavy, put on your ephod. Put on some worship music and sing. Turn it up loud so no one can hear you. I turned it up loud so God can't even hear me. Or he'd be like, shut up. But I just like to worship. I find the presence of God comes quickly when I worship. Worship is inviting God into your situation, into your world, to do what he does, to be the king. When I put on my ephod, I like to read the Bible. Because we got to get this thing in us. The level of your authority is the level of this in you. I like to go on a walk. I like to be active as I'm waiting on the Lord. With expectant faith, I like to, to be active, to move around. I know Darren likes to run or swim. Here's from God doing that. I would never hear from God running. It's the devil's exercise. But we're all different, right? 
We all experience God different. Uh, some people like to get in nature and they feel God, they, they see God. I love going on vacation and, and, and going outside and reading my Bible as I'm looking over the ocean and I'm seeing God's creation. It's like endless possibilities and God starts to speak to me when I'm looking at nature. Some of us need to just sit quietly and listen. Sometimes we're, when, we, when we put on our ephod and we go to encounter God, we're talking so much we can't hear. Sometimes we just need to sit and listen. The Bible says in Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Sometimes you just need to be still and know that he is God over your marriage, over your finances, over your health, over your career, over your relationships, over your kids. Know that he is God and just let the weight of heaven rest on you. If you wanna kick it up a notch, you can put on your ephod while you're fasting. I call it spiritual steroids. If you wanna take your spiritual walk, if you wanna fast forward your spiritual walk, mix in a fast. It will accelerate your relationship. Doesn't always happen while you're doing it, but it always comes after. Come on, Jesus fasted for 40 days and he just had conflict. The devil came and visited him, but then it says he left in the power of the Holy Ghost. So you come out of a fast, you, you, you be expectant. Come on, I'm not gonna eat for a week or three days or whatever and then walk out thinking nothing happened. I'm gonna expect something happened. There was a spiritual transaction. There was an injection of spiritual steroids when I'm fasting. We can't be lazy, we gotta be active while we're waiting on the Lord. We just went through like a 13 month thing and we talk, I've talked about our, our recent house closing and, and while we were waiting on the Lord, because he gave us a word, while we were waiting on the Lord, we had to actively wait on the Lord, expecting by faith. We didn't just sit at home and hope that a flyer came in the mail about a house that someone was gonna give us. We went out once or twice a month to look at houses. We put on the ephod. So when we walked in the house, we could tell, is this our house or not our house? We would go and we would pray and we would believe God and we would be, be expectant that he was gonna speak to us about this one or about that one. And that, then he would come through with, the, with provision. I can remember when, when uh, I got sick, uh, um, you know, 17, 18 years ago. You guys know my story when I got kidney failure and I got healed. What you may not know is that while I was, when I got sick, although I didn't know how to pray for miracles, although I'd never seen a miracle, I believed in miracles. I had just started reading about miracles. And I would read these books about all of these legends in, in the kingdom of God, about all these miracles. And I said, and so when I got sick, I'm like, God, I know you can do it. I don't know how, but I know you can. And so we, would, so we were actively expecting a miracle. I was calling friends to pray for me. I called my uncle to pray for me. I called Pastor Jurgen to see if he would pray for me. I was, I was calling people, and I remember I got my first vision ever, and it was me in the middle of a desert, walking with my arms out like this. And I had, I had friends locking hand in hand for as long as I could see that way, and as long as I could see that way that were praying for me. It was like sustaining me. 
And it was like this vision because I was actively, I was actively expecting God to do something. I wasn't just waiting around and feeling sorry for myself. I didn't want to die. <laughs> just got married. Didn't even have any kids yet. I wanted to live. I wouldn't have known any of you awesome people. But this is what I found when Christianity gets mundane or church gets religious, when you just come into church because it's what you do on a Sunday, when your relationship with God gets stale, maybe it's because you are not putting on your ephod. Maybe it's because you're not waiting on the Lord, sensitizing yourself to his presence and his promptings. Maybe it's because you have not put on the ephod and traveled from this realm to that realm. Because when God is leading you, it's an exciting life. It's a surprising life. He will shock you because he's better than you think. He will give you things that you didn't ask for because he know they'd be good for you. That's why when I fast, I don't fast for something specific. I fast to seek him because in him is everything. The closer I can get to him, the more solutions, the more answers, the more power. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. We got to seek him. We got to seek him. I'm not saying you can't focus on something when you fast. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, when I fast, I fast to get to know him better, to be closer to him. Because, man, it's exciting when there's a flow in your life when you start to see him and, and hear him when he's guiding you. So David inquires of the Lord, and then in verse 17 it says, Then David attacked them from twilight until the evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, just like God said. And David rescued his two wives. Good thing he didn't just rescue one. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Then David took all the flocks and herds that they had driven before those other livestock and said, this is David's spoil. So David recovered all, just like God said, but he didn't just recover all that he had lost, he recovered all and he got spoils. Because God is a God of abundance. But the whole reason that he recovered all with spoils is because he put on the ephod. He went from his kingly office to his priestly office so that he could hear from heaven, got a word, and, and heaven said, go attack. Go recover all. And so he launches out and he attacks and he recovers all, but he can trace it all the way back to the fact that he knew how to strengthen himself in the Lord. Sometimes it's only you that can fight this battle. It was only Jesus that could redeem you and I. There was nobody else that could do it. And I'm glad Jesus knew how to strengthen himself in the Lord. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, all of his boys were sleeping. He said, will you guys pray for me? They're like, nah, fell asleep. His disciples, the one that saw all the miracles, they were with him, and he said, just pray for me. And they're like, nope. It's kind of like his, David's boys wanted to stone him. These guys wouldn't even pray for him. He was about to go and be crucified. 
They wouldn't even, it was just between him and God. That's all that he had. But I'm thankful that Jesus knew how to strengthen himself in the Lord. And he said, God, is there any other way? No, there's no other way. Okay, not my will, but your will be done. And he said, because of the joy set before him, he strengthened himself. He started to think about you. He started to think about your redemption, your transformation, and it strengthened himself. And then he went to the cross, and only he could do it. He couldn't ask one of his disciples to do it. He was the only one. And then he went into the tomb by himself, just him and the Holy Ghost. And then he raised himself from the dead. Nobody laid hands on him. Nobody yelled into the tomb, Jesus, come forth. It was just him and the Holy Ghost. He raised himself from the dead. I've prayed that. In case none of y'all are around, if I pass, I've prayed that I would raise myself from the dead. So he raised himself from the dead. And then, and then I was sharing this with the Emerge guys. You would think that he went to the cross went to the whipping post, was crucified, was killed, was put in a tomb. He figured out how to raise himself from the dead. You figure somebody could at least roll the stone away. But he gets up and he's like, yes, I'm alive again. But then he sees a stone. And he's like, there's nobody else around to roll away the stone. You can't dig under it because it's rock. You can't go around it. You can't go over it. So Jesus had to go through the stone. He was the only one that could do it. You would think, he'd be like, God, at least you can move the stone. And he's like, nah. On the other side of that stone is redemption. On the other side of that stone is your face and your face and your face and your legacy. So he goes through the stone. And then the angels rolled away so people could see that he wasn't in there. But it was only Jesus that could strengthen himself in the Lord to bring you and I salvation, healing, prosperity, freedom, only him. The whole point of tonight is to give you a picture. I literally will go on a walk and as soon as I step onto the path, it's like I'm putting on my ephod. I'll say it out loud. I am stepping on holy ground. God, speak to me. I got my ephod on. Speak to me. I like the idea. I know the veil's been torn, but I like the idea of putting on my ephod and sneaking around the veil, and it's just me and God. It's just me and God, going Old Testament style, old school. Just me and him. Just me and him. Speak to me. Inquire of the Lord. Lord, should I attack? Should I go after that troop? So tonight I want to encourage you. Develop your relationship with Christ and your life will never get mundane. It'll never get stale. Your relationship, I've been coming to this church for 17 years. I've been at five services, if you include like men's prayer, every single week, sometimes more. And I love coming to church. I love God. I love it when he speaks to me. I crave miracles. I crave the flow. I crave his voice. And it's only because I've made a decision to put on the ephod. To put on the ephod. 
And I'm not condemning you if you haven't, because there are seasons when I don't, and then I gotta, I gotta recognize it and get back in the game. So why don't, we, why don't we stand to our feet? The worship team's gonna sing a song, and I want you to put on the ephod. I don't want you to, to connect with God tonight. I want you to believe him for things. Like I said in the beginning, if you need healing, if you need freedom, if you need a word, if you need breakthrough, if you've been struggling, whatever it is, put on the ephod. When they start singing, imagine the ephod coming in and imagine you behind the veil, just you and Jesus. And let him speak to you. Take it away, guys. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now. Bye for now.